Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Thursday, February 24th, 2022. This is Mike Abadir, the host of the Mike Abadir Show, of course. Hope everyone is having a great week thus far. I know there's a lot of turmoil in the world. And, you know, let's just uh, keep Russia and the Ukraine in our prayers. And maybe take an hour where we're not watching the news and talk a little sports and bring you some good information from around the globe. We're going to start with our rundown here in a moment. And let me first tell you about who we've got lined up today as our first guest. A show Hall of Famer. There's only a couple of gold jacket wearing Hall of Fame uh, coaches. Hall of Fame wearing a jacket member, media member, show regulars that we've given the gold jacket to. And those are, of course, Rick Saratella and Adrian, the Mad Backer Ross. So we'll be talking to Adrian Ross shortly here. We're going to talk a little bit about his beloved Cincinnati Bengals, the team that he played for for many years. Get his thoughts on the Super Bowl and maybe what they could have done to win that ball game. Also going to talk to Adrian a little bit about the coaching situation in the NFL. The discussion that we had last week and a little bit the week before about Brian Flores and where that leads us. We're going to get his thoughts on that as well. And I'm also going to talk to you kind of about the state of the quarterback in the NFL and the landscape right now after Tom Brady's retired. Because let's face it, the leagues, some of the league's best quarterbacking over the last few years has been done with some of the elder statesmen. Right. And in back to back years now, we've had some of the best quarterbacks really of all time leave the game due to retirement. And this year is no exception. Obviously, the year prior was Drew Brees's last season. And we saw the impact that that had on the New Orleans Saints. They would have clearly been a playoff team. They almost were anyways, if they had stability at the quarterback position. I believe they went five deep, as we talked about a little bit last week with our show guest, Kat Terrell, who covers the Saints. We've also got one that didn't get as much fanfare, obviously, probably overshadowed greatly with Tom Brady's retirement, was the retirement of Ben Roethlisberger. Right, so just in in a matter of, of, uh, you know, 12 months, let's just say, the league has lost Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and Tom Brady. Now... How many Super Bowls does that add up to? So Big Ben, I believe, got two Super Bowl wins. And and, uh, Drew Brees, he's got a Super Bowl win. And Tom Brady has a uh, closet full of Super Bowl trophies, of course. And then between appearances amongst all those guys, I mean, we're talking a lot of Super Bowls, right? I mean, Tom Brady by himself is double digits, right? Ben Roethlisberger, you know, uh, and the Steelers had a couple of appearances during his time there. And, uh, and the aforementioned Drew Brees as well. So the league's lost a lot of hardware-wearing quarterbacks. So kind of want to talk about what that means and who is kind of going to pick up that mantle. Because when you break it down division by division, I don't know, kind of seems a little bit thin to me. 
So we'll get Adrian's thoughts about that as well in terms of the quarterbacks that are left for us to uh, follow along. Is this era going to produce the next set of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? Well, the answer is yes, right? Because somebody's got to win. But I think now the door is kind of wide open for probably a a lot of different quarterbacks to emerge with victories over these next few years. I kind of have a feeling we saw that starting with this year, right? With a first time quarterback matchup and a first time Super Bowl winning quarterback in his first appearance in Matthew Stafford, of course, with the Rams. I think Joe Burrow could be that guy, perhaps, you know, that gets to multiple Super Bowls. We'll see. I mention this all the time because I love Dan Marino. He he as well got there in his second full season as an NFL quarterback. And everybody thought he was going to get there many times. And he didn't. Never again. Bums me out just even thinking about it. <laughs> Still feel if he was on the Buffalo Bills that they would have. They would have won one. If he was on the 49ers, he would have probably achieved a similar level of success as uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young. But that wasn't the case. So when we're looking at it from that perspective, there are absolutely no guarantees for my man Joe Burrow to get back to the Super Bowl again. You know, like I said, just ask Dan Marino. He thought he would be there many, many times. But I do think, though, with the void, now, like I said, that's a lot of that's a lot of Super Bowl appearances between Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees. In a 12-month period, those guys are all gone. And that's a lot of Super Bowl appearances between them. So that should open the door. It's got to open the door. Somebody else is going to have to win a Super Bowl, of course. We saw that this year with Matthew Stafford for the first time. Who are we going to see next year? Is anybody going to be emerging as the guy who goes to multiple Super Bowls? You know, one of the guys that comes to mind is Russell Wilson. Now, it could be Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't seem to be playing his best football in January nowadays. And there are some reports that have come out that he's very stats driven, very player ratings driven, that he's a great regular season type of quarterback. But he doesn't deliver in the postseason, perhaps. He got that Super Bowl early on. If it wasn't for that, he'd be getting a lot of heat. So we'll talk about all those things and much more. But let's bring in Hall of Fame Mike Abadier show guest. Yes, we've given him the gold jacket. The man himself, Big A, Adrian, the Mad Backer, Ross. Big A, how's it going, What's buddy? What's going on? Did I'm you know good. that you How were you awarded the gold jacket, that you're a Hall of Fame show contributor now? Okay, yeah, there we go. I got me one. (laughs) You are in the hall. You and Rick Saratella are the only two gold jacket wearing members over the last five years that have brought the heat. Now, Jason Whitlock came on this show. He brought the heat, but he's only done it once. So, and I'm not guessing that Whitlock is probably not listening to this show right now. Who knows? Maybe he is. Maybe he's a big fan of the show. He did come on, but we need you on. Many, many, many more times to catch up to Adrian and to catch up to Rick. But Adrian, how are things going for you, man? <laughs> Excellent. Things are great. Now, I was just talking before you came on about kind of, uh, and this isn't even a topic that I was necessarily planning to talk to you about, but I might as well since I've got you on here. I was just kind of setting the table for the landscape in, in, in the NFL moving forward with the NFL quarterbacks that we've got 
now that we've got some really, really big time Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, Super Bowl appearance type quarterbacks that have retired in a short period of time. And now we've lost Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger. And of course, Tom Brady, that's what, 13, 14 Super Bowl appearances between them over the last, you know, 16, 17 years, 20 years, I guess, for Brady. Right. But kind of opens the door wide open. And I was just saying, you know, Burrow could be that guy. But the cautionary tale, of course, is the Dan Marino situation, right? You get there in your second year, you're lighting up the the, the scoreboard every week. But hey, it also takes a defense, takes a running game, takes coaching, takes health. Who, who, who in your mind, is there somebody that we could see going to the Super Bowl multiple times from this group that we've got now? Or I'm kind of almost thinking like the fact that Matthew Stafford did it this year may mm-hmm. set the trend of every year. We're just going to see somebody different. What, what are your kind of general thoughts about that? That's a great topic. And, you know, my answer to that is someone that is easily forgotten this past year. But when you go back and you look at it and he went up against Mahomes and I think he went up against Brady and he was there and everybody's forgetting about Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback out there. And with what's going on right now, with we've seen this great quarterback play, especially this last year, especially from the young guns, you know, and he's one of them, but he had a whole season of not playing and he's like kind of forgotten. You know, that's a but great, I think talent wise, he's the guy. That's a great point. And it's, it kind of sucks that we, that we lost a full season of Deshaun Watson. I don't know what's going to happen with his pending legal issues, and I'm not here to make judgment on the claims or, or even discuss anything about that side of things. We're just talking purely from a football perspective, of course. Um, if he's done wrong, you know, then um, then he should, you know, serve whatever justice is, is uh, bestowed upon him. But I agree with you. I think Deshaun Watson, you know, Watson, he's a guy that I you know, truly thought that, that Miami should have pulled the trigger on. I mean, right. it's crazy to think about what what the how different the world could look. World, of course, from an NFL perspective, could look if the Dolphins did have him, right? They probably would have been a playoff team. Flores probably is still the head coach. There's probably no turmoil between starting Tua or not starting Tua. All of those things probably don't happen, which is just so interesting to me in terms of the dynamics of the NFL. And I do want to speak with you and get your thoughts a little bit about the Flores situation and some of the things that he's suggested and his lawsuit, et cetera. But I think Deshaun Watson is a great one. Mahomes, as you mentioned, obviously is, is a great one. He's been there for, uh, been to a couple of Super Bowls. I think people will probably bring up Josh Allen, but I don't know about you. He seems to me to be a weapon, maybe kind of like Lamar Jackson. That is just really exciting to watch. But is the mm-hmm, style definitely. of brand that he brings to the table championship type of quarterbacking? I don't know. I just – my gut feeling tells me no. And that's what makes Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson so special because, to me, I don't even think of him as a running quarterback, even though at the end of the year, right. he, he, you know, you're going to look at his stats and be like, you know what, he put up, you know, three, four, five hundred 500 yards, whatever, and scored seven, eight touchdowns on the ground. But to me, he's a great passer. That's, to me, what makes him a great quarterback. 
yeah, he has a deep ball. He has the touch. He can rifle it in there. Like you said, he can run, can throw the ball away. Um, you know, I think there's some of the stuff with uh, Lamar Jackson. And like you say, with Josh Allen, because we're seeing a lot, you know, the Cam Newton quarterbacks sweep with them, the quarterback power. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of that in their games. And we know as they get older that that <laughs> shouldn't be a staple. And if anything, learn from Cam Newton that who whom they still are giving him them quarterback powers. You know, that's that's not gonna, you know, be able to get you a lot of um repeat up performances and going to late in the playoffs or to the Super Bowl because of injury. You know, and so you asking to be able to go multiple, you you know, you also need to have some kind of longevity and you know, you I don't know. You know, you say with Josh, Josh Allen, I think that obviously the tools he has, but I think with him, it's, it's, it's coaching. Cause I think that they, to me, were the best team this past season. And I think it was coaching that lost the game. I think that's a fair point. You know, my knock on some of those guys is this. I, I just, and you know, more than I do because you know, you've, you've been there for many years you know, as a defense, you know, trying to stop these guys. And on the stat sheet, you know, talented players that are athletic like that are going to find a way <clears throat> to put up the numbers and to make the stat sheet, to mm-hmm. fill up the stat sheet. You know, by the end of the game, you're going to have your yards on the ground or in the air or hybrid. My bigger problem with it is I, I just don't think, and you mentioned coaching, and I 100% agree with you. And I think, I don't know what your reason is for saying coaching, but I'm going to tell you mine. I just think that because it's not kind of the traditional style of play that's achieved success in the NFL, that coaches spend so much time trying to figure out, he's so talented, how do we figure out how to win? You know, let's figure out how do we win with him? What do we have to do? What kind of O-line do we need to have to, 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 to really let Josh Allen's or Lamar Jackson's skill set shine? What kind of receivers do we have? You know, do we need to have, you know, receivers that are better downfield blockers than pass catchers, right? Because you're not going to be able to fill a, a roster of all, you know, wide receivers that can stretch the field and can downfield block and can be, you know, your third down possession receiver and all those, <laughs> right? Like, you just can't do that. So I almost right. wonder if so much time and energy is spent on trying to figure out how to use guys like that and how to build a roster and construct a roster that I'm not going to say that other areas get overlooked like Buffalo's defense this year. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like you have to spend so much energy. Whereas, you know, like a, with a Joe Burrow, you don't have to reinvent anything. You know what I mean? Right. You just get to you get to focus mm-hmm. on play calling and, and, and doing what you do best as an offense, you know, but this kind of requires a different type of, roster construction and then how do we use the guys and it's almost like that's why a lot of times you'll see that they'll finally kind of figure out figure out okay let's just go to the two minute (laughs) hurry up offense or something and then you'll see like lamar jackson bringing them back from like a 24 to 7 deficit you know and he's able to just quickly you know dump offs and and scramble for first down and then the offense looks completely different than what we saw for the first three quarters and a half it's almost like we had to right. abandon that plan. And I see that so often with these guys. Same thing with Josh Allen in that game against the, the Chiefs, right? 
they're just right you know trying to have this like massive comeback okay forget the 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 script and let's now just do more of like backyard football and and you know get first downs and stop the clock and use the sidelines and i don't know man maybe i'm wrong maybe these guys end up being the guys who run the league from this point forward you know kind of that dual threat guy i'm just not sure I mean, well, I think that just like you said, you know, and like how I was, like how I was saying coaching, like you said it right there, you know, and whether it's, you know, knowing the talent that you have and setting them up for success and or get out the way coach <laughs> and either let him call the plays or call the plays for him. Just like you say, sometimes it ends up looking totally different because now it's desperation and you're like, well, why weren't y'all doing that at the beginning? So you go to that Buffalo, the Buffalo Chiefs game. Okay, my old defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. I called it before it happened. I was like, they're going to lose the game because he's going to sit back in that soft defense. You have the number one defense, and then that got you to that point. Your quarterback performed and came back. You know, him and Mahomes, Allen battled back. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Now you should be in the best position. 13, I don't know what it is, 11, 12, 13 seconds left. You have the number one rated defense, and you back up and let them get, like, what, 34 yards in two plays. When where's the coaching right there? All you have to do is on the first play tackle everybody. <laughs> like, why back up Great point. When, when you have time on your side? Just go, just go and tackle all the wide receivers. That'll get you down four, five, five or six seconds left. Now they have one play. Yep. But <laughs> – but w- these coaches are getting paid, and for what reason? And then, it, then it comes back, and, and and then the QBs or whoever has to take the onus of, well, they got there and they didn't win. <laughs> so right, and that's that stuff was going on. That's exactly right. You know, hey, but Adrian, these coaches, but these coaches keep getting hired. Yeah, what? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's get it. Exactly. Exactly. No, look, I'm with you 100 percent on everything you're saying. Do you have time to stick with us through the next uh, commercial segment? Yeah, let's get it. All right. We're going to take a quick timeout. More with the Mad Backer himself, Adrian Ross, gold jacket wearing member of the Mike Abadier show. Stay with us. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. You know, Adrian, during the break, you'd, uh, you'd mentioned s- some of the coaching conversations that you'd heard during your play- uh, playing days. And you mentioned Marvin Lewis. And I, I want to talk to you about Marvin Lewis and Flores and the coaching kind of allegations that we've heard from Brian Flores uh, during this offseason. But I want to wrap up that conversation about the quarterback for a second because I, I quickly, during the break, rattled off, uh, just kind of took some notes on the quarterbacks that I think kind of belong possibly in that conversation. And it's kind of thin. All right. And so I wanted to see what you thought because, I mean, let, just, let me just zip through these division by division just really fast, okay? And the NFC, let's start with the West. We've got Matthew Stafford, Kyler Murray, Trey Lance, and Russell Wilson. To me, I'll put Russell Wilson as a premier guy. I think Kyler Murray could fit into that Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson box, except there's something about him and intangible about him that I haven't figured out yet, but we'll talk about that in a second. So Russell from that division. I don't know who the hell is going to be quarterbacking for Tampa or even for the Saints, right? I'd like to see Jameis Winston under center. I think he should be the guy for, for the Saints, or if Tampa brings him back. And you got Matt Ryan, and then you got whoever the hell Carolina is going to decide to put back there, whether it be homeboy from the Jets or, or who knows. Uh, in the north, Aaron Rodgers, okay, we'll put him as a premier quarterback because he's an MVP. Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Goff. NFC East, <laughs> Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Heineke, Daniel Jones. So right now from the NFC the only clear-cut like stars are Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Let's go to right. the AFC. Mahomes, Carr, Herbert, and then whether it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. So Mahomes obviously is that guy. I like Carr, but I can't put him in that like you know in that bracket. Um, and Justin Herbert, you know, we'll see. Could be in the East. Josh Allen, Matt Jones, Tua, Zach Wilson. In the north, Joe Burrow, Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson. And then the south, Tannehill, whoever the Colts are going to put in quarterback, whoever the Texans are going to put in quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence. It's thin, man. Mm. Yeah, it's thin. I mean, who yeah, did, I mean it's, to me, it's it. Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are the three best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, from that list that I just shared with you. After that, Right. I'll probably put Joe Burrow in the top five, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. I mean, that's the tier that we're talking about. 
I guess Stafford, he Watson, Super Bowl, uh, and then and then Watson, obviously being the guy mm-hmm. that could be number one. Right. Could be number one. <laughs> yeah. He's, now, it's, he's you, know, over, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. And you know me, man. Like, one, I'm yeah. the last guy that goes into, like, the race card and all that. I, I just don't I, I just mm-hmm. don't I just don't play that game. Right. I think when when there right. is when there's an injustice, I'm going to call it out. But Definitely. you kind of have to wonder, though, about the Deshaun Watson situation. Right. Because I remember Brett Favre having allegations and Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm not saying it's because Deshaun Watson's black. I, I, I don't. I just, is it because there's like 20 women? I don't know. But to me, if there's nothing criminal that's been levied up until this point, and there has not been, I mean, DA by now is still collecting information. You see kind of what I'm getting at? Like, how come this yeah, one is yeah. being cleared and, and you moved on from it? That's what I, I don't was know. Wondering. I don't know that's, if we're, that, we're ever going to have the answers, but to me, there's something <laughs> that's just not right about this situation, and I'm not going to call out race, but I'm kind of close <laughs> because yeah, yeah you definitely maybe not maybe gonna... there's maybe there's something in in their vault that we don't know yet, but you'd think by now. I mean, this has gone on for a really really long time. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I think the state of quarterbacking is really up for grabs. And if I'm Mahomes or any of these top Russell Wilson, this offseason, I think you realize that. And you're like, hey, I should be the guy. Like, I should be filling Tom Brady's shoes for the next 10 years. Right. That, that's a great point right there. I never looked at it like that. That's Yeah, because he's – when those guys exit, you know, you're like, who who – you know, the door opens for someone else. Yeah. And who is that? Yeah. Yeah, so that's hmm. that's kind of how I'm seeing it. So, I guess transitioning from kind of one alleged racial, who knows what situation to another. What what are your thoughts about about the? I guess let's start with the the fact that we go through another cycle, and again, not just is it a storyline, but now more emerges in terms of, you know that there may be something to it that because of my skin color, I'm not getting opportunities that others are. Um, I'm sure you've had locker room conversations. You've had plenty of conversations since you've retired. Is that kind of the sentiment that you kind of sense when you kind of see year after year guys getting passed up on? for other candidates that are not minorities? I do. I mean, you know, it's kind of like why with the football knowledge that I have, I, I didn't, I didn't hop into coaching when I was done just because I felt that I have a certain football knowledge that I have, especially on the defensive side. And Every conversation I had, like when I when I'm going backwards to to my own people, whether it's to Colorado State or Cincinnati, and then how it's all of a sudden deemed like where does the knowledge come from? So right, like when we talk about hiring these coaches in general across the board, 
we always hear all of a sudden, so-and-so's interviewing, so-and-so's interviewing. And we think about the game of football, and obviously, you know, there's, there's these executives. Um, <clears throat> and, and we could break that down, right? Like, you start breaking down who the owners are, what, what the executives, what, what location and realm the certain team is in, and what do they want. But it always kills me with this interview. <laughs> you know, like, so-and-so or so Eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well. You know, and I'm like, what is that? And like, you know, you know, you know, up in the agent game, it used to always kill me. Like all these teams are drafting these guys and they're, and they're saying they're going and talking to, oh, they might go talk to the high school coach. They're talking to the college coaches. As a player, I played for five years at college state and not one coach, not, not one team ever came and talked to me about one of the players. Right. So I'm like, so what's going on in these interviews? (laughs) And and who are the people making them up? And that's all I say about it is that it, it's it, it's the people and it's a, it's a field of they get to hire who they want to hire. And we can complain about it and we can try to make these fake uh, concessions for it, the Rooney rule. You know, I've sat there and tried to apply for um, the Bill Walsh co- coaching internship. And it's just like something that sits there just in name. Right. I, I've literally filled out stuff just to see how it works. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, never, never got a call back from that. <laughs> but, but the program's there, but then they'll bring it up somewhere else. Like so-and-so did a great job and they started this by being in the internship program. And I'm like, how in all the other fields is it that the, that when someone leaves college, they have they have this title, and then when they keep on going, it's a master's and a PhD. So how do all these football players that leave and go pro <laughs> have to come back and then ask the guys that <laughs> for jobs? That's a really good point. I, I don't think that's a point that's talked about nearly enough. <clears throat> you know, and here's you know, here's and the thing. I've never, oh, right. go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, go ahead. I just got to say, to me, what's interesting also is because you made a lot of good points there. And, you know, when I when I think of like, let's just say even like the Rooney rule. Right. A part of me says, well, that's kind of a sham. Right. Because. Like. I've always been brought up. The best man gets the job. Right. Right. So now something that's supposed to help, you know, somebody you know, like you or like myself or that looks like us or whatever. Now I'm supposed to change kind of the mindset and be like, well, I'm only getting this opportunity because it's mandated. Right. That doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. sit well with me knowing that that's the only reason I'm in that room. But OK, I'm going to take it. OK, because you got to start somewhere. And then I start thinking about it and I'm like, OK, so you mentioned interviewing. Oh, so and so doesn't interview well. Okay, well, there it is. That's the reason for the Rooney rule, right? Because this now, maybe I don't get the job this time, but because I was forced or they were forced to interview you, myself or whomever, we at least now got the benefit of getting the experience of a job. Even though, even if we knew we're not getting it, at least we get to go through one of these interviews. So that way, maybe next time we knock it out of the park. But also there's the chance that I knock it out of the park so much this time that I changed somebody's mind. But I'm not hearing that that's happening necessarily a lot. Like, I'd like to hear 
you know, so-and-so was our, was our first candidate or we had another candidate in mind, but because Eric B came in and killed it, we actually decided to go with him. And here's exactly why we have the Rooney rule. Right. But I, I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard that like a single time <laughs> happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, right. So I'd like to hear from some of the coaches that did interview and didn't get the job. Was it helpful to go through that interview? The other thing that I want to know, and I was telling last week's guest, Kat Terrell from The Athletic, this is what I was telling her also that's interesting to me that we don't have. How many applicants do we have? Because you just mentioned an application that probably nobody's even heard of. But how many applicants right. are there? Like, like, can somebody tell me, hey, look, the truth is, guys, there's only five, you know, black or minority candidates that have applied for any of these jobs anyways. And so when we hire one, we're actually hiring 20%. And for the white applicants, it's actually 16%. Could that be a possibility? I I don't know, but I'm shocked that we don't have data like that, right? Oh yeah, like or maybe they do, Adrian, and that's that's the the reason we don't know it is because they don't want us to know that there's been 88 people that applied and only one got the job. You know what I mean? But like, but if I'm not given the data, I don't even know how to read the situation. You see what I'm saying? Right. Oh, exactly, and. And you called it out, you know, like they don't want that data scene because we all can see, we see the last names pop up everywhere. I think we just saw the other day, Wes Phillips, never heard of Wes Phillips, not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying instantly when I heard Phillips, I thought Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, of course. And I went and looked him up (laughs) and hey, there's his son. Sure you know? enough. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's and so actually I'm a like, really, really good point, and I want to elaborate that on a quick second. Um, I get it. Uh, you know, I have no idea if Bill Belichick's son is a good football guy or not, but I know he's on the Patriots, right? If I'm right, if I'm a head coach and I've got a son, I'm probably bringing him on as well. I'm just being honest, okay? Right. Right. Unless there's a, a no nepotism rule or something, I'm bringing my son on. But my question for you is mm-hmm. this. How can we never see the nepotism with a black guy and a son? There we go. Right. That's, that's the thing that's for my me. Point. It's like either have a no nepotism rule. If you don't, I'm actually kind of okay with it because I want to hire somebody I trust. Right. Now, hopefully right. I'm loyal enough to the team that if my son sucks, I don't hire him. <laughs> right. But assuming that I want the best for the team, I'm actually kind of okay with nepotism because you kind of want to hire the most trustworthy people. And if you can't trust your son, what does that say? But again, are there any sons of black head coaches that have become coaches? I, I don't yes, know any off the top but of my not head. In, yes, but not in those positions. Because they're they're at lower positions, right? Lower like, positions. I mean, the veteran offensive, like the veteran coaches, especially so-called black, can't even be the offensive coordinator. And then one of my main theories on that is we have to take it down to who the quarterbacks are, right? The quarterback and the figure that the quarterback is on teams, they they're different. Like their meetings are different. You know, their the holes, how you have to treat their arm and their legs. And, they don't get hit. 
but their meeting time and then their time after with all the interviews that they have. Well, the quarterback is meeting more with the offensive coordinator. So what I started telling people is like when guys are getting hired, say in the Cam Newton situation, like that's what I told, told a lot of guys. I'm like, the personality that he is, think about him and the offensive coordinator. Like think about that relationship that you have to have with that quarterback and who you'd want and who you like that quarterback and who <laughs> who you want them to look like, right? Like their meeting times are different. They're, they're, they're having to come over to their house and <laughs> do all these different things. So yeah. <clears throat> there's a big, you know, sometimes there could be this big, a total big difference in personalities and just knowledge of comfortability of how to, how to talk. I mean, I'm, I'm saying for some of these coaches that I've seen in life, you know, like that's a, that's a big deal. Sure. <clears throat> well, you, you've made so many good points. It's, um, you know, we could probably talk about this for hours and we're only a couple of minutes from the next commercial break. And I did want to get, uh, get your thoughts on, on, on your, you know, your former crew, the Cincinnati Bengals, before we talk about the game itself, I am curious about something. Some teams really value like their alum network. You know, the guys that have played there. You know, the one to me that comes to mind that's obvious for me because I was a part of the Raiders organization is the Raiders. And you see a lot of their right. old timers kind of c- coming through the halls. Yeah, like every week definitely. you're going to see somebody there. You know, during my years being there, you know, there were very few people that I hoped to meet that I didn't meet. The only two were, were running backs, actually. Marcus Allen, I did not get a chance to meet, but I think him and Al Davis had a thing. And then Bo Jackson, and I think Bo Jackson was, just, was super busy always with his like, theater and, and archery and, and some of the random things <laughs> that Bo Jackson does, right? Um, but otherwise, right. I mean, pretty much every legendary player, um, and so many work there anyways, either in the front office or on the field. So I got to meet like everybody, you know, Willie Brown and Fred Blitnikoff and Jim Otto and on and on and on, Jim Plunkett, et cetera. But not all teams are like that. And I think that the ones that have the strong alum networks, you'll see guys on the sidelines and stuff. But there are certain teams, I don't hear much about their history and how they go back to their former players from different eras and welcome them. What's Cincinnati like? And I'm asking that from the perspective of, you know, I think the Raider guys bleed silver and black. So if they're in a Super Bowl, they're probably like being flown there or going there. And it's a part of a week buildup. That's just amazing, you know, historical experience. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I see other teams and I'm like, I'm not seeing any alums involved with this almost at all. You know, um, what's Cincinnati like in that whole range of, of spectrum that I just mentioned there. Actually, you know what? I'd Can you answer that, that after the break? Do you have like five more minutes, Adrian? Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's, let's take it. our final okay. timeout. We'll come back more with the Mad Backer right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the final segment of the Mike Abadir Show, we are pleased to be joined with Adrian Ross, the mad backer himself. We was just talking to you uh, about the alum networks and, you know, Cincinnati being in the Super Bowl and you were a longtime Cincinnati Bengals player, impactful player, a very popular player. Uh, you know, you were about to kind of just jump in and, and kind of give, give the listeners a sense of, you know, are they a welcoming franchise? Did you feel like you were a part of the Super Bowl do they even reach out to old time guys besides Icky Woods because he's got a cool dance? Like, what are your <laughs> thoughts about all that? <laughs> yeah, um, I will say that obviously in the past the Bengals have been notorious for not doing any of that. But I will say that in the recent past, now they they're starting to get on the ball, and uh, you know, obviously the the postseason and long in the postseason has been. Uh, <laughs> really new this year, you know. Um, <laughs> yep. But they have been reaching out. But y- you know, in the past, they they were they were pretty poor at that. Um, from 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 like like how you said, you know, I was right there in NorCal, and I'd always see the Raiders. It seems like every year they get the um they they get invited back to come to camp. So we haven't got to that level yet, you know, to where we're getting the camp invites, but. They did uh, reach out and, you know, tell us about Super Bowl. There wasn't really anything other than, you know, tickets. Hey, like not a, hey, we're having an alumni party. You know, you guys all come in on this day or come to this event. There wasn't none of that. But at least you got reached out to be able to get tickets now. (laughs) 
Well, because also, I mean, look for and for those who who don't know, so Adrian, uh, he didn't play that long ago. It's within the Marvin uh, Lewis era, and you know we're we're talking about some team teams that, um, you know had some had some guys, you know like you know the, you know they had you know Corey Dillon and and uh, T.J. Hushmanzada and Chad Johnson and Chad Johnson, you know the number yeah. one uh, overall draft pick at quarterback and. You know, and Achilles Smith, and I mean, they, they had guys that people will still remember now. Um, and then, obviously, going back all the way to you know Boomer Esiason and and Chris Collinsworth and some of those guys or whatever. And you know, I mentioned already Icky Woods. Um, you know, uh, Munoz. I mean, there's you know, Hall of Famer even. I mean, so th- there there are guys that would resonate with people. I would I would believe. But I know it's with some of these franchises, it's a it's a work in progress. It's all about how they prioritize it. So were you kind of like at the edge of your seat for that game, praying, you know, on your hands and knees, you know, make this completion to get the first down. Let's, you know, keep it going, you know, or is it just kind of eh, like how detached or attached are you? Um, I'm I'm pretty I'm semi semi attached, um, you know, just because I had some good uh, relationships there. So there's a few people from my old staff that are back there again. So, you know, I wanted them, you know, I want them to win. There's a, there's some players that are out there that I, that I tried to sign, (laughs) you know, like linebacker from Wyoming and all that. So, you know, I'm definitely rooting for them, but you know, the football guy and me, um, you know, I felt that the Rams would win the game with, the D line versus the O line, you know, sure. being on me being on that side of the ball, I'm like that's that's a, and they did a hell of a job. Like I was I was really impressed with the coaching staff and the game plan and how they put that together, you know. And um, <clears throat> so I was highly impressed with. I said, uh oh, like we, you know, like they got a shot to win this thing. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I bet you it's just one of those games where the where the coach on defense is looking. I mean, because you look at that touchdown to Cooper Cup, a couple of them, and, and I know Eli Apple's getting roasted on social media, um, as he should. Like, like to me, like not from before. I'm talking about that game. I mean, it was sure. a simple. You have one job to do, <laughs> and you just—I don't know why you look in the backfield. You know, you look in the backfield, and he runs the corner out to the end zone wide open. It doesn't make any sense to me, but um, <clears throat> you know, I was. I was highly impressed with what the Bengals are doing and in, in, in the direction that they're moving in now. Nice. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, that's good to hear. It's good to hear that they're that they're kind of circling up a little bit more with uh you know with some of the you know past members. I know it's probably a little bit tougher too when you know you you have uh you know m- maybe not like the richest postseason history you know, but there's a lot of teams that are like that too though you know uh, or big gaps you know, in between. Right. It's, it's got like, you know, even like the 49ers who have had some recent success, even in the last few years or whatever, but still it's, it's kind of like you think of like, you know, Montana and young and, and Ronnie lot and rice and John Taylor and all those guys. And then it kind of like Jeff Garcia, you know, uh, you know, some good linebackers, a couple of good seasons here and there. And then even like these last couple of super bowls, there wasn't really like a lot of continuity, amongst the players that were present even between Super Bowl one and Super Bowl two in, in in the last decade or whatever. You know, so 
it just it's always interesting to me to see kind of like how these franchises go about that. Um, before we let you go, uh, Big A, anything that you're want to promote or 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 uh, anything that you're working on that's that's noteworthy. Uh, anything you want to kind of share with our listeners regarding Adrian, the Madbacker Ross? Not yet. I'm just, you know, right now I'm in the lab. I'm writing the book. I'm going to have my own edition of, you know, uh, now we have the NIL coming and mm-hmm. everyone's being blinded as if it's still the college athletes are now being paid. And it's like, no, they're still not being paid. And I'm going to be coming out with that soon to uh, go ahead and let let the world know the the gray area that they're missing. There you go. Okay. That they don't know okay, about. Well, I look forward yeah. to be educating about educated about that myself, my friend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you for stopping by. We uh, always love having you here. Great conversations as always. And uh, where can people check you out on Twitter? Matt Backer with two D's. M A D D B A C K E R. Anywhere else? YouTube. Matt Backer. Big A, much love. As always, thank you very much. Much love. I appreciate you. All right, my man. We'll talk soon. That is Adrian Ross, the Mad Backer, talking about everything from quarterbacks to coaching to coaches to his beloved Cincinnati Bengals. So we try to bring you something different on this show, something that you're not going to hear elsewhere, different perspectives, unique perspectives. I hope you enjoyed that. We've got just a few moments that are – to we remaining together with us. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the labor issues in baseball. My beloved baseball. I love baseball. I love baseball more than football. I don't know how many people know that, but it's the honest to goodness truth. Yes, I do work in the field of uh, football in the NFL world as an agent, but my heart has always been with baseball. So it kind of saddens me to see what's going on right now. So the latest on that subject matter is this. We've got about four days left. If they can't bang out a deal in the next four days, there is a firm deadline of Monday that we're going to start missing games. And that really saddens me to hear that, especially because baseball, it's like the number of games determines everything when you're looking at historical comparisons on the stat sheet. And let's face it, baseball is a big-time individual stat-laced game, right? So you're always looking at 162. 162 is, is a key number, right? Then from there, you could figure out, you know, well, you know, uh, 45 home runs is good or not good. Or, you know, I don't like it when you're playing – 100 games, and you're trying to figure out, is 17 home runs a good season? Is nine wins for a pitcher a good season? Right? You got to now, like, scale it back. 162 is so embedded that there's no scaling necessary, right? And uh, it, it kind of bums me out that we may have to be in a scaling mode. I really hope not. I hope that that's not the case. I hope they can figure things out. But it's not looking very good right now. That's the honest-to-goodness truth. Now, the areas right now that are farthest apart between the owners and the players seem to be about service time. Now, they met today, today being Thursday, February 24th, 
uh, Roger Dean Stadium, which is the idle spring training home of the St. Louis Cardinals. And they met for several hours, and they're still a little bit apart on a couple of main issues. They've maybe narrowed the gap a little bit, but two of the key issues in the union's proposal are narrowing the number of young players who could earn additional major league service for accomplishments, and then loosening the restrictions on high amateur draft picks in consecutive years. Right, And that latter one is an attempt to assist uh, lower revenue teams, or at least that's what the uh, league is saying. Right, uh, But really, the key issues are the luxury tax thresholds, salary ar- arbitration eligibility, revenue sharing, and then the size of a pool of money that would go to the pre-arbitration players. When you're making bazillions of dollars, you would think you would be able to kind of figure that out. Right? I mean, for goodness sakes, it's it's one of those things where you're talking as a player about the preserving the integrity of the game and fighting for future generations. And as owners, you're just talking about, we just want to keep more money in our pockets. So I'm very much siding with the players on this one. And I'm not being biased because I'm a part of the NFL Players Union. I'm being that, I'm looking at it from perspective of, you guys are making money hand over fist. Cough up a little bit more. Loosen up some of these restrictions. Get the show on the road. Or else you're going to do some permanent damage to this game that you don't want to have to deal with. So I really hope that they could get their act together uh, on this really, really soon here. Because, again, we've only got four days left and we're going to start sacrificing games. And the league has made it really clear that there's going to be no expansion of postseason. There's going to be no pushing out any dates and they've even said that they're not going to make up games of double headers now i think when push come to shove i think they're going to budge on that and they're going to try to squeeze in the full 162 but that would probably only happen if they come to an agreement within a couple of days after that deadline maybe they go back on what they're saying otherwise i don't think we're going to get a full season we'll know by next thursday's show folks We're almost out of time, but I did want to give a quick props to the U.S. women's national team. They had a very big victory for them in terms of uh, salary, the salary fight, the equal pay fight that they've been uh, pushing for for a long, long time. I've got mixed feelings about that subject matter, but I'm happy for them. Uh, They're deserving of getting a pay bump. And so, um, you know, props to them. Props to them on the field as well, on the pitch, right? They won 4-0 shutout over Iceland. They absolutely dominated them. They're looking good, as they always do. And they did it without having some of their key players on their team, some of the historically good players on their team. So, wow, that hour went by very fast. Uh, As always, a big thank you to the listeners. We thank you for tuning in each and every week. Being loyal to the show means a lot to us. God be with Europe, Russia, the Ukraine. We hope everything there settles down. As always, folks. Thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.